This is WSLRLPFM 96.5 in Sarasota. Time now for the Big Band Files with Doug Miles. Let's begin. Brown Jr. and the uh, band of renown right there with the, uh, the band's theme song yep. called Leapfrog yep. here on the Big Band Files with Doug Miles. And uh, as if by wizardry, <laughs> we bring back our good friend, Don Blair, who was with us uh, three or four months ago. Don, yeah. how are you? Keep turning up like a bad penny. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Don Blair, of course, if you weren't with us, uh, I guess it was, what, uh, June maybe? Right before you headed out west to uh, for the uh, oh, yeah. Apollo anniversary, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Back uh, with us. March we spent in Asia. Right. On one of my cruise lectures, and saw every major city in Asia: Hong Kong, Shanghai, you name it. Tokyo, Singapore. Boom, boom. And you have the flus to prove it. The what? <laughs> the flus to prove it. No, no, no. <laughs> but I uh, saw some beautiful, beautiful Oriental ladies. Oh yes. Dancing girls, slim and trim. Oh my goodness! I, I there's one I wanted to bring home, but my wife wouldn't talk wouldn't about. Wouldn't let you. It. Wouldn't let me do you, it. You could have sent it to me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think your buddy Doug. This uh, the, the uh, CD you just played, Doug uh, Leapfrog. Signed by Les Brown Jr. at the Van Wazel, uh, you know, out that lobby you yeah. know, and so forth. I was he, there that night. He, he was, was very, very gracious. Very nice man. Very nice. Dina man. Martin was with him. I had Dina on in the studio. Mm-hmm. And Les was in studio, too, mm-hmm. uh, right Did before you? that show. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great yeah. show. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. And I'm always, you know, every time they, uh, the Glenn Miller band comes back to, to uh, the Van Wazel, my wife says, oh, well, but you've been there. I says, do you ever get tired of listening to Glenn Miller? No, not at all. They're oh. actually coming back in January. Yes, they are. I'll be yes, there. We'll, we'll get Larry O'Brien on, the uh, director. Well, who knows who's who's leading it now? I don't know. It's still Larry O'Brien, is from what it? I understand. I so see. we'll have him on and talk to him. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Next up, Mr. Miles. Well, first, let's just reintroduce Don, in case there's a few people that don't know who Don is. He's a former newsman. He's for, a legend uh, in his own mind. That's right. Mutual Radio and NBC <laughs> Radio and uh, New York Radio as well. And 25 covered, years in Covered the Apollo and Gemini missions. We'll talk about that as we go along. Yeah. But Don, of course, a big band uh, fan, uh, was a DJ at one point. Oh, yeah. That's where you enjoy this music. Started originally. in 55 and, and then headed for the big city, New York, and the news business, hard news business, in, uh, in 65. Ten years doing this good stuff. Loved every second of it. Connecticut market, right? Yes, and probably saw, well, we saw half a dozen great bands. We, I, I, God, we saw Benny Goodman in a special concert at a, at a t- Stanford, Connecticut high school. Talk about, you know, privileges. Goodman lived in Stamford, Connecticut, mm-hmm. and came down and brought Teddy Wilson with him and Lionel Hampton to see those legends on oh, the yeah. same stage. I mean, you know, three fourths of a famous quartet. Right? We saw Basie at the Darien Connecticut Dinner Theater, Harry James at that same theater, and the Dukes of Dixieland. Oh, and then we went out to Tanglewood in Massachusetts to see Arthur Fiedler and the oh, Boston, yeah. and the Boston Pop. So, you know. You got to do it when you when they're there. You got to go out and see them. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. Sorry, I never got to see this lady coming up. Never did either. I always enjoyed her records. Yes, yes. I I I brought. I think I brought this this CD with me the last time, Doug, because I've always said her the the, the girl had a voice like cotton, soft, mellow, very mellow. This is the late Chris Connor. She was 81 when she died just a few months ago. And this is one of her classics. That's a great rendition of Lullaby of Birdland. Here's a lullaby, a different lullaby. Lullaby of Birdland, that's what I always hear. When you sigh, never in my woodland could there be ways to reveal in a phrase how I feel. Have you ever heard two turtle doves, Bill and Coo, when they love? That's the kind of magic music we make with our lips when we kiss. Should tell me farewell and goodbye. Lullaby of Birdland, whisper low, kiss me sweet, and we'll go flying high in Birdland, high in the sky up above. We're in love. Abrupt ending by Chris. Yeah, they did a lot in those days. How dare kind of ended it. How dare she do that? But that's a great George Shearing song, wasn't he? Uh, George Shearing had a huge hit with that. Lullaby of Birdland. Lullaby of Birdland. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, for my class night in high school, 1951, myself, my girlfriend, and another couple drove my car to New York City, parked up on the uh, uh, what's it, Port Authority uh, uh, terminal, bus terminal downtown, walked up Broadway to Birdland, and as we went down the first steps, uh, 
Symphony Sid was doing his record show oh, from yeah. what they called the bird cage. He was actually in a cage with the table, turntable and microphone. <laughs> then we went down into Birdland itself, and a guy named Slim Gaylord oh, sure, was I've playing, heard of him. Yeah. shirtless. Bass player. Uh, guitar and scat singing. Yeah. And the guitar was across his lap, not the usual way, you know, that a country and western would hold it, but on his lap, and he was almost picking it like a Hawaiian guitar and singing scat stuff. And he sang... Open the door, Richard. <laughs> Open the door and let me in. You know, stuff like that. This should be Slim Gaylord and Slam Stewart. Slim and Slam, yep. right? Slim and Slam. Yeah. Hey, coming up, one of my favorites, a wartime hit. World War II and uh, probably a little bit into the post-war years. But this is the great Johnny Mercer and Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. down the line I figure that it's engine number 49 She's the only one that'll sound that way On the Atchison, Topeka and the Santa Fe See the old smoke rising round the bend I reckon that she knows she's gonna meet a friend Folks around these parts get the time of day From the Atchison, Topeka and the Santa Fe Here she comes Jim, you better get the rig. She's got a list of passengers that's pretty big, and they'll all want lifts to Brown's Hotel. Cause lots of them been traveling for quite a spell, all the way from Philadelphia, on the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe. All Let her rip, let her rip, Mr. Engineer. Gotta go, gotta go far away from here. While the man at the fire shovels on the coal, stick your head out the cab, watch the drivers roll, see the towns and the roads go whizzing by. Fairly well, Laramie, Albuquerque, hi, yes, sirree, here we are going all the way. Big and they'll all want lifts to Brown's Hotel Cause lots of them been traveling for quite a spell All the way from Philadelphia On the Atchison, Topeka and the Santa Fe Johnny Mercer, right? He was one of the best composers who were oh. also singers. Yeah, go down the list. I, I couldn't quote them offhand, but, you know, it's amazing how many great songs of our of our day back 50 years ago or so you look at the uh, you know the uh, composer and the lyricist and everything else i think that was his forte was the words mm -hmm. the great, mostly lyrics great right. lyrics but he was a very good entertainer and singer as oh well. man man last time i was here i brought one of my favorite albums an atco atco uh, you know lp atlantic records and uh De Mercer and Bobby Darren got together with a lot of original stuff, cute, mm -hmm. cute stuff. I was citing one of the names, you know, uh, who takes care of the caretaker's daughter when the caretaker's busy taking care. <laughs> Another big hit was My Cuties Do at 222 two, two today yeah. <laughs> and so forth. They don't write lyrics like that anymore. Yeah, they sure don't. <laughs> and maybe that's a good thing. But anyway. Let me just tell the folks we're at WSLR, LPFM, 96.5 in Sarasota, WSLR.org. If you want to listen to us online or check out our website, Don Blair is 
is our guest in studio today, and I'm Doug Miles. There you go. Now, a little tribute to a neighbor right here over either on, um, either on Siesta, Doug, or I think he's on Longboat Key. And this is Larry Elgart with Brother Les, who is deceased. But Larry, is, I talked to him on the phone just a, a year or two ago, and he was still, you know, touring with a band. So uh, here is a song that takes you back to the Hootenanny days, and that's where this album comes from, that era. And this was a great hit called, well, not for him, but for, uh, I guess it was, what, Peter, Paul, and Mary? Walk Right In? I don't know. I think it was, yeah. I, I think that's who it was. But here it is, Walk Right In. Go. Hoot, that's from the album called Hootenanny, Big Band Hootenanny. That was Larry, and a, a listener just called in and straightened this out. Walk Right In was by the Rooftop Singers. The Rooftop Mark Singers. Mark Bender calling us. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. yeah. To just indicate the era that is covered in this album, and this is one of my DJ specials. Early to mid 60s. It says not for resale across right, the bottom, those. so the disc jockey who gets <laughs> it can't take it, turn around and sell it. There was no eBay back then, so it didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. matter. <laughs> but uh, we did have uh, payola and all that goodness and stuff. But anyway. Did they ever stick the little envelope with money in the record? Never, never. For you? No. Or well, I was satisfied. Statute of limitations is up now. You can admit it. <laughs> I can admit it. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Uh, cut to Two, Where Have All the Flowers Gone? That was the Kingston Trio. Right. Uh, Green Sleeves was the Brothers Four. If I Had a Hammer was Peter, That's Paul, Peter and Mary. Paul and Mary. Yeah. And um, Green Leaves of Summer, that was also the Brothers Four. Uh, let's see. Kisses Sweeter Than Wine, Jimmy Rogers. Jimmy Rogers. On Roulette. Hey, we got one of my favorites up. Well, these are all my favorites. But this guy in particular could make a saxophone scream at you. And boy, does this thing swing. This is Earl Bostick, and this is Rogers and Hart's Where or When.
Oh, boy, I do. Oh, I love that sound. I love what he gets out of a saxophone. I had a rock and roll band when I was back up in Hartford in those days. We recorded on Swan, and we recorded a couple of sides with a kid named Freddie Cannon. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Tallahassee Lassie and stuff like that. You were in a band? I managed the band. I didn't know that. I managed the band. Oh. And I was always after our saxophone player, Mike, because uh, he played a sweet saxophone. And I said, Mike can you change the reeds or something like I know that much, nothing about music. <laughs> I said, can't you make that thing get raspy like, like on Honky Tonk, you know, yeah, by right. Bill Doggett and stuff? He never could. Or Yakety Sax. Yes. Remember that guy? <laughs> oh, sure, sure. <laughs> hey, listen, here we go. We have to, we, hey, we've got to have the, the, the chairman of the board on every show. Or else he gets very angry. He does, he does. He'll come back and get you. But here's, uh, I, I, there's never been a better collaboration between orchestra and singer than, than Sinatra and Nelson Riddle. Mm -hmm. And when I was going through this collection today, and I got a couple hundred LPs from my old days, I was amazed how many Sinatra albums I have, but I've got them all. And this is called Sinatra's Sinatra, and it's on reprise with a company that, he st that Frank started himself, I guess, with some friends. But um, along came Cy Coleman. After Sinatra's comeback, remember when he came back from mm -hmm. almost, you know, from, from nowhere? Uh, and it was Nelson Riddle that brought him back with that song About for Swingin' Lovers right album, now. yeah, which we played the de devil out of. But um, this is a, uh, a favorite written by Cy Coleman. And right in the middle of his revival, of his comeback, he has the biggest hit single of his life. And that's it right here. This is Sinatra and Witchcraft. Those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare Strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense for it That heat is too intense for it What good would common sense for it do? Cause it's witchcraft Wicked witchcraft And although I know it's strictly taboo When you rouse the need in me My heart says yes indeed in me Proceed with what you're leading me to It's such an ancient pitch, but one that I'd never switch. There ain't no nicer witch than you. That cuckoo witchcraft And although I know It's strictly taboo When you rouse the need in me My heart says yes indeed in me Proceed with what you're leading me to Such an ancient pitch, but one that I'd never switch, cause there's no nicer witch than you, than you, than you. Oh, you're a fine witch. Frank with uh, witchcraft. That certainly was. Yeah. And uh, one of the great recordings there. This is the Big Band Files with Doug Miles. Don Blair is our in-studio co-host today. WSLR LPFM 96.5 in Sarasota. WSLR.org. Okay. All right. What do we got cooking here now? What's what's? We have uh, a man. We did a tribute show a couple of years back oh, uh, goodness on another good. station. And oh, it was yeah. a fun show yeah. to do. When I was DJing back in the Hartford days in the uh, 50s and early 60s, a band leader named Leon Marion 
M-E-R-I-A-N, came into the Hartford area to do a concert at a place called Lake Compounds, one of those lakeside amusement parks with a big, big, huge dance hall that saw the Dorseys and the Goodmans and the Millers come through, you know, in the 30s and 40s, and was still there. And Leon was a brilliant trumpet player, and he is the trumpet you hear on the soundtrack of the album for the movie Mm Ben-Hur. That's Leon. Well, Leon moved to Sarasota some years back, and we recontacted because I have a wonderful picture of him with a whole bunch of us disc jockeys at Compounds back in those days. And here is this wonderful man again who has came, came to Sarasota and reformed a band. Now, Leon himself was in his 70s then. He died a few years ago in his 80s, but uh, lived out uh, near uh, St. Armand's. And uh, he had a band... There was not one guy in that band over out not in it, you know all in his twenties, no no one over thirty, and all these young men looked to this guy like like he walked on water. I mean, he taught them things, as I heard at his funeral hmm. about how to use that mouthpiece, tonguing a trumpet. And that, he was the master, absolute master. So I believe is this a dream along? Yes. This is the theme from the Perry Como show on TV. This is Leon Marion, late of Sarasota. Leon Marion right there. Yeah. That's a nice song. Very nice, man. I'm so glad I got to know him again a second time. First back in the late 50s in the Hartford area, and then to get and be friends with him down here. He wrote a book. Uh, I don't know. It was Young Man with a Horn or something like that, but uh, about all the great bands that he did play with in his time. And uh, 
how he he actually invented a trumpet reed. Really? Patented patented reed, which is used today by the best trumpet players hmm. in the world. So he left quite a legacy. Quite a legacy. Okay, we're we're ready for the uh, the lady. We're loaded. Okay, this this album uh, is on Verve. It's called Mac the Knife Ella, and who else? What other Ella is there? Ella in Berlin. I want to make a little note here, Doug. This is cute. It said this on this album when Norman Granz, who created Verve Records, and that's where the greats were. That's where uh, Mel Torme was originally, and. Uh, Count Basie. We're going to hear from Count Basie on roulette in a few minutes. But originally he was a Verve orchestra. And Norman Granz had this organization called, I'm sure you're familiar with, Jazz at the Philharmonic. Oh, sure. And he took it to Berlin. And he always had Ella Fitzgerald with him. But this was the first time Ella sang Mac the Knife. And not knowing the lyrics too well, these are his notes, she substituted her own for what may well have been an improvement on the <laughs> original. <laughs> so here's Ella, Fitz, Ella Fitzgerald in her version of Mac the Knife. So popular, we'd like to try and do it for you. We hope we remember all the words. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. Any complaints about the engineering? Just attention, <laughs> attention, Doug Miles. <laughs> uh, he's been going crazy pushing. Well, there's a button there that was supposed to play. But, uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, but isn't that funny with the uh, improvised lyrics by Ella? And uh, Doug just said the best. She was the best ever. Never made I mean, a bad record. No, I mean you had you had uh, Sarah Vaughan. You had uh, Joe Stafford, who we just la- lost not long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, June Christie. Great, great singers, but uh, nobody ever. Came. She was the top. Nobody ever t- touched. Uh, Mel Torme always Ella. said that she was the best. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was Sinatra that always said that Tommy Dorsey taught him how to breathe. That's right. With that seamless trombone, which we're, which we're going to hear very shortly. But first, if you will, because the money here is so great. Don, Don, one of the great voiceover men, <laughs> and we're getting it for free on these uh, PSAs today. So enjoy this one. Here you go. Even though the cash for Clunker's program is over. Kibble for Clunkers, the car donation program for Southeastern Guide Dogs, remains an option for disposing of that old car sitting idle in your driveway or garage. Now, come on, admit it. You you do have an old car in your garage. When you donate your Clunker to Southeastern Guide Dogs, you turn your bucket of bolts into kibble for future guide dogs. And you get a tax deduction, according to Titus Herman, the Southeastern CEO. The organization has made it fast and easy to donate your vehicle, whether it's running or not. All you need is a title and keys. You can arrange a free pickup by phone. And I did donate a car a couple of years ago to, uh, uh, you know, the... Uh, Goodwill? Goodwill, exactly. I did that, too. Exactly, yeah. yes, yeah. It was so old, I said, hey, how much more can it be worth? Give it to somebody. And it still had good money. Old Henry Ford actually gave you that car, I understand. Yes, he did. He did. And he t- <laughs> continue. You can arrange a free pickup by phone and even online through the nonprofit's website at www.guidedogs.org. Southeastern Guide Dogs was founded in 1982 and is the only guide dog school in Florida. The school creates about 70 new guide dog teams annually and provides ongoing services to more than 800 active guide dog teams throughout the country. It's a noble thing, it really is. For more information, you call 941 729 5665 or 1-800-944-3647 or log on to www.guidedogs.org. You should do this for a living, Don. That was very good. I've been thinking about it. <laughs> I gave we'll up, make this an audition tape for you. I gave you. up golf when I couldn't break 120. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send this out. Maybe you'll get a job. You never can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's a talent scout listening today. That's right. Hey, yeah. are we up to uh, Mr. Uh, yes. Dor- Dorsey? The Dorsey Brothers, right? This this is, in my opinion, the greatest album that the Dor- Dorsey ever made. And it was the last album he ever made. This is Tommy alone now? No, Tommy and Jimmy. And Jimmy together. And when he, uh, shortly before he died, he told his manager on the Merritt Parkway in Connecticut one night, his dream of doing this, this triple album, uh, with spirituals and pop music and everything else, and he said he was going to get the cream of the crop, the best mu- musicians on earth, and the manager said, that's a great idea. When do we do it? And he said, it's done. The tapes are in my closet. Mm. A few weeks later, Tommy died in bed, but uh, choked to death, actually, and lived in Greenwich, and they found the tapes in the closet, and they created this this album called The Dorsey Brothers in Hi-Fi. This was prior to stereo, but the music is so brilliantly done you would think it's stereo when you when you hear the the brilliance of this sound but i personally convinced sony to take it out of the lp world and put it on make it available on cd's and it's on available on really? cd's to oh, this okay. day and charlie husking who used to write for the uh, herald tribune did an article on my quest and i was beating on people's heads for a, a year or two and finally got through to this sony division and they pulled it out of the LP files, Columbia, and it's it's now you know a uh, a wonderful, wonderful double pocket uh, LP. But this is a great, great song, and I think it just just illustrates so so well how fabulous the Dorseys were on their instruments. And this is called Rain. <laughs>
my goodness, Doug. Trombone, the way trombone is supposed to be played. Mm. You, you, you know, you can, we, can, we can debate. Well, we, we agree. We both agree. Ella was the best ever. And there's nobody I can think of that came close to that man on that trombone. I don't think anybody ever had that sound like he had it. Sinatra thought. As a, Irby Green, know. we've been playing him the last few weeks. Have was, you? was pretty close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, K. But, Wendy. But uh, not, quite, not quite what Tommy did. Yeah, I can't think of too many. Glenn Miller, I don't think he was, you consider him a great trombonist. He was no. a good musician, but yeah. more of a, a good band leader. Exactly. Putting that whole exactly. sound together. But it's together. the breathing that you listen yeah. to. As it's, and as I call it, seamless. Musical you cannot, technique. You cannot catch this man breathing. No. Ever. Amazing. And that was done in a cathedral on the Upper West Side of Manhattan is why it's got this resonance. Oh, yeah. The, the walls. I mean, Not in a studio. Oh, brother. Yeah, not in a studio. He wouldn't do it. And he had uh, Charlie Shavers and, and uh, Conrad Gazzo and, uh, I don't know, maybe Krupa was even in there. But he just picked the best people uh, that were alive in that day, and this, of course, is back in the 50s, mm. late 50s. And Let me just tell the folks, this is WSLR LPFM 96.5 in Sarasota, WSLR.org. This is the Big Band Files with Doug Miles, and our guest in studio today is the great Don Blair. Here is another I have to say great every once in a while, or else he gets mad. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's in, that's in my contract. It's in yes. the contract. That's it. Uh, when I was DJing, and when I first got out of the Army in 1955, a group called the Four Aces had already become the biggest selling quartet in America in pop music. And Al Alberts, as usual, it wasn't his real name, Al Albertini. Hmm. And he was a radio man on a destroyer in World War II, came out of the service and got together with some of his military buddies and formed the Four Aces and their careers took off. I'm sure everybody anywhere close to my age knows the four aces. Al Alberts lives today with his wife Stella in Port Charlotte. He is not in the pink of health, but I have talked to him on the phone. I tried to get him out to one of our broadcasters' luncheons, but he was very candid. He said, Don, he says, I've been doing this for over for like 50 years. He says, and I'm worn to, you know, can't do it anymore. Mm. He's not that, you know, feeling, you know, like a kid and uh, just didn't want to go out. He and his wife were actually doing an oldies radio show up until just about two years ago. Really? And it was out of Miami on some station and so forth. But here is, here are the four aces in what was probably, and they had a dozen big hits in their day. This is called It's No Sin, four aces. <laughs>
Alberts and the Four Aces, like I said, the man currently living down in Fort Charlotte in very quiet retirement. He, uh, they paid their dues, and he's, you know, living out in, in comfort down there. We wish him well. Now, on PBS, they've been doing, on their pledge drives, uh, music of the 50s, and they had the Four Aces on. Oh, did they? But I don't know if Al was with them. I think this might have been a second group. I'm sure. I don't think it was Al. I'm sure. Because the man is in his 80s. Yeah, no, then that wasn't him then. And the Venice Gondolier Sun did a big feature article on him about four years ago and uh, showed him silver hair and all. Mm -hmm. And he was a little bit spunkier then than, than you would find him today. So, uh, But he's still with us. Here is Ray Anthony, who was on the cusp of the big band era. I think he was with the Glenn Miller Orchestra at one point. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And as the big band era was fading there were a few bands that came along even like the Elgarts they were they were on the outer edge mm -hmm. of it you know and kept it going for a while and then you had uh, Warren Covington picked up the Tommy Dorsey baton and right. so forth and you know T for two cha-cha and hits like that which we might even play today but Ray Anthony came along and one of my favorite albums that he did was called and it's a tribute to you know who in the Miller mood and this is Ray Anthony in the orchestra, and so rare. Okay, Doug's having fun with the uh, control board there. Somebody came in and messed up the computer. Oh, I'm going to say that. And you can't hear anything from yeah. it. So if anybody out there knows. The behind the scenes <laughs> things that, that we don't want you, you to know. You want to play about. something through the computer, and we can't <laughs> do it. Driving me nuts. Okay, oh. enough complaining. Anyway, 
in his heyday, Count Basie was a Verve recording orchestra, and for most years, the Norman Granz label that we had before with Ella. But then, mysteriously, and I'm not sorry that they did, he suddenly jumped over to Roulette, which was known primarily as a rock and roll label in those days. Hmm. You know, Jimmy Rogers, right. gosh knows who else. But uh, the first album they put out had a picture of the nuclear cloud, the atomic bomb going off, and it just says Basie, Count Basie Orchestra. It was E, e equals MC squared, Count Basie Orchestra plus Neil Hefty Arrangements. And there is a great arranger and great, you know, composer. Mm -hmm. I mean, little... A lot of TV themes you did. Yeah, things like uh, Little Darlin'. Yep. Great, great stuff. That did was the Batman theme. Neil Hefty, yeah. But this is odd couple as well. This is a song that most people I, I would I would venture to say listening to us right now is like what what's the name of this? Unless you heard it last time I was here. But this was the Basie Orchestra, and this is a delightful thing called "Flight of the Foo Birds." Here you go. <laughs> Flight of the Foo Birds. And I played it a few times. It's yeah. a good song since you introduced me to it. Yeah. Yeah. Count oh, you Basie. have used it a few times. Huh? Uh, not, not the Basie version. I had a different version no of kidding. it. No kidding. Another band. Oh, that's uh, a Neil Hefty song. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. Good chart. 
Yeah. Yeah. This is WSLR LPFM 96.5 in Sarasota and WSLR.org. Big Band Files with Doug Miles. We're here uh, now alternate Sundays for uh, the next foreseeable future as uh, we welcome back modernist extravaganza. A mix of uh, jazz, classical, and uh, all sorts of good things. Hmm. Uh, they'll be back with you next uh, Sunday at 11. We'll be back in two weeks. And uh, good to have them back with us. They took the summer off, as uh, some people get to do in life. We don't get to do that, Don. They took the summer off. I thought I was retired. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> I retired from NBC 20 years ago. You left too soon, Don. Why didn't you leave so early? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, you're still as good as... You're better than most of the people on there now. <laughs> Seriously. Have, uh, you wa- have you watched and listened to local or even network news? Yeah. It's not as good as it used to be. Oh, well. With a few exceptions, but it's not as good as it used to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Don doesn't want to get into that. <laughs> not really. Not really. Uh, every time we do, I always throw in a plug for my friends up at Channel 8 in Tampa. I think that's... Well, there's some good people still there. I think that's the best, best uh, local news operation I've ever seen. Yeah. And but I've I'm seen talking a, about radio news. I've seen a few. Oh, radio news. You there know what I many. like? You know what I like is... Uh, uh, the C- CNN network or something. They have CNN ra- radio? They have they a radio, radio network. You don't hear it too much down here. I think one station might one carry of the, it. One of the AM stations that I listen to. I think they might carry I a little think bit they, of it. I yeah. think they do carry it. I'm surprised. Their quality is... The guys are good. Yeah. The guys are really nice. I miss that. Well, let's talk briefly, since we didn't get a chance yet. The last time you were with us, you were heading out west oh, for yeah. the, uh, the reunion, well, uh, 40th anniversary you know, of my, Apollo. How did that my, go? My prize in my career. The, the the opportunity that, you know, just as was the opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, I was doing, I had been assigned to do several Gemini re, uh, splashdowns, recoveries from aircraft carrier decks in the Atlantic. And then we had a quiet period when our network didn't get the selection for a year or two. And I said, oh boy, if I, if I don't do any more than just one more, please, please let us get the selection for Apollo 11. And as it turned out, I needn't have worried. They were sending two of us from two different networks in the early years. But when they turned the corner in 69 and saw, here we are, the biggest story of our time, we're going to send a correspondent from Mutual Network. That was my radio spot. And the three television networks. So there's four guys. So I got Apollo 11. And as it turned out, I was the only radio voice to the whole world that day when they came home. And it was about a five-hour broadcast by myself. And it's on tape down at the Museum of Broadcasting in Washington, D.C. The Museum, the they museum, call it. The right. Museum, And in July, the 40th anniversary, my wife and I flew back to San Francisco to Oakland, out to the USS Hornet, which was the ship, got back on the deck, reunioned with some of the top Navy and NASA guys, for three days, wonderful, wonderful party, unforgettable, and I had lunch with Buzz. Oh, did you? Buzz Aldrin. I should have brought the picture of me and Buzz, because yeah. I gave him a NASA tie that he had never seen before. Can you send it? Uh, is it an email? Can you send it an email picture? I'll oh, put sure it up I can. On, I'll I put it up on our website. I can drop it. It's a wonderful yeah. picture, and it's a great... We'll put it up somewhere. We'll it's let a great memento, a great treasure, and he was a great gentleman, really. He put thousands of people on that ship like had never been there before, but when they heard that number two man on the moon was going to be there to speak, he put fannies in the seats. He's never been shy about doing public appearances, but Neil Armstrong basically well, refuses to, doesn't Buzz he? Buzz is the only one that's not shy. Yeah. You can't get Neil out of the house and Michael Collins, who lives down Very rarely Naples, do you see him either. You can't get Michael out either. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's their choice. So, we got a, a word here? But Don was the lone voice of Mutual yeah. Radio on yeah. the uh, Splashdown recovery mission. And good old Mutual has passed into history. Yeah, sadly. Ten, it was a good network. Ten years ago. It was a nice network. It was fun. Hey, I got a message here for sure. you. Sure. It's time for the 12th annual howl o That's three different words. howl o Dog Parade. Happens Saturday, October 24th at 10 a.m. with registration at 9 a.m. at our well-known Five Points Park in downtown Sarasota. Goodie bags for the first 100 entrants and lucky 13 prize categories and trophies for best dressed pets pre-register at max's dog bakery 1375 main street or online at hssc.org or call 955-4131 extension 121 that's 
4131 extension 121. All proceeds benefit the Humane Society of Sarasota County. This event, sponsored by the Downtown Merchants Association and Friends of the Shaney Man, whatever that should be. I don't know who that is. I don't know that either.